happy Bruno San Martino Day. No, it's Columbus Day, assuming that you're listening to this the day it drops, or just coincidentally happen to listen to it on some Columbus Day in the future, or Native Indigenous, is it Native Indigenous or Indigenous People Day, Um, which I totally understand why some people go with that, because fuck Columbus, what did he discover? People were already here, you know. He deserves. He gets too much credit, so he really shouldn't have a day to him. But my view on it is that Columbus Day was less about Columbus and just a reason to kind of get Italian pride to help stop the Italian bashing. At least that's what I've heard. I don't know. I haven't even bothered really looking into it because I don't care. But if it was a matter of just Italian pride, then that's why I think we should go with Bruno San Martino Day. Because that is someone you can really be proud of. Italian or not, really. But the longest reigning pro wrestling champion ever. Seven years. To put that in perspective, the Confederacy only lasted like five years. So that is quite a feat to be undefeated for seven years. So happy Bruno San Martino Day. There's your Italian pride. But since there's no movies about Bruno San Martino, let's go with a movie about Christopher Columbus. You know, I haven't uh, introduced, like, this is Velvet Owl watches movies, so you don't have to. Because I assume at this point, like, you know, if you click on this, you know what you're listening to. I'm assuming you're a repeat listener. And I shouldn't assume that if you're a first-time listener who just randomly clicked on this. But, yeah... So today, we're watching, or I'm watching, The Magic Voyage. It's from 1992, which, if you do your math, is the uh, 500-year anniversary of 1492, which is when Columbus sailed the ocean blue. And so there was seriously like 15 movies about Columbus to celebrate it. And from what I hear, all of them were horrible. I didn't watch any of them because, again, fuck Columbus. But this one, this one I am kind of excited to see. The Magic Voyage, because it's animated. And animated films about historical events are always fucking hilarious. Because, you know, they put, like, cute little animals in it. And, you know, speaking and singing animals. And it's so fucking adorable and so, like, just kind of cringy at times. And on top of that... According to this, the voice cast features Corey Feldman, which automatically, fuck yeah. Dom DeLuise, again, fuck yeah. Irene Cara, who, did you just hear, like, that big truck go by? I don't know if you can or not. I really should do something about, like, how I record this. I just kind of record this in my bedroom, and I've got the window open because it's fucking hot as hell today. Um, by the time this comes out, like, it's probably not hot as hell anymore, but I record, thing, record this show, like, well in advance. So, but Irene Caro's in this, and I don't know who the fuck she is. The name sounds familiar, and I think it has something to do with Flashdance. Did she do the song, Flashdance? I don't know. And Mickey Rooney, who I always get confused with Mickey Rourke. So, enough of a uh, introduction. Let's press, pl- let's press, pl- yeah, 
Let's press play. So we start off with some drawings of what people used to think the world was like. Flat. Um, you know, and... Ah! My mind just fried on this that I would just watch like 30 seconds ago. But yeah, everyone uh, thought the world was flat, you know, and that if you tried to sail to the end of the world, you'd just fall off and to your doom, as the narrator tells us. But there was a man by the name of Christopher Columbus who had a revolutionary thought. He thought the world was square. Which, what the fuck? No, seriously, like, stop and think about that. Like, okay, maybe cube? Is that what you were looking for? That it was cube? Because a square is two-dimensional, which would mean that the world is still fucking flat. And that you would fall off the edge of the world. Cube? That would actually be kind of interesting if the world was cubed. Because you... But still, maybe kind of fall off the edge of the world, wouldn't you? It, if you, like, hit it at the right velocity and didn't, like, make that bend. So even Cube would st still be bad. Seriously, traveling the world only works if it's round. Could be oval, doesn't have to be a perfect circle, but can't be squared, and it can't really be cubed either. Yeah, no, it can't, because, you know, try that. Take a box, put, like, a little race car on it, and push the race car. Oh! Still went over the edge. <laughs> he thought the world was square. What a fucking idiot. Now, there's a bunch of seagulls, and... I may have mentioned before, I just fucking hate seagulls. They're assholes. They're the douchey frat bros of the animal kingdom. But one of them, I imagine, is going to be important because he's got a bandana. And anytime you give an animal headgear, they're going to be an important character. It's just uh, kind of the rules of animation. I believe it's in the textbook. So they're all trying to catch fish. And Bandana Seagull is having trouble when suddenly a crate of books is dropped next to him. And out pops some weird little bug. He calls himself a bookworm, but... He's got feet, and he's got this weird, like, little beak nose, which is nothing like any bookworm I've ever seen. And I think he might be a termite, because he then drills a hole into the side of the ship as he is trying to get away from the seagull, who's trying to eat him. But he's also got, like, a little hobo bag on a stick. And I think part of the problem with our world is that cartoons spent so much time, like, convincing us that the hobo lifestyle is a fun, carefree lifestyle. Just put all your possessions into a little sack on a stick and just go off and sing a song like this guy does. Oh, he's a woodworm. At least that's how he introduced himself to Chris Columbus. I've never fucking heard of a woodworm, but yeah, we'll go with it, sure. Now Columbus, he's going all crazy because he's making like all these globes and maps because, okay, he does think it's cubed, not just squared. He is trying to... So, how would that be really revolutionary? Like, did people be like, no, you're crazy with a cube. 
know it's flat because you can fall off the edge of the earth, but, you know, if it's cubed, you still can fall off the edge of the earth. But luckily, the woodworm, he uh, does his woodworm stuff and shaves off some of the cube and turns it into a round ball. And Columbus is like, that's it. The world is round. And Woodworm, because he's a woodworm, I guess, knows, like, yeah, obviously the world is round. What's wrong with you, you fucking idiot? But, so he's, Columbus is all excited, and he's telling Woodworm about, you know, Marco Polo, he did his trip to, his little voyage to India, but he walked there. There might be a better way if he goes around the world. Travel by sea. Although, as we, if we look at um, the cube globe that he had made, it's pretty obvious that it's a long trip to India the other way. So Chris Columbus, I call him Chris because we are on that kind of basis, you know. So Columbus decides that he's got to tell this a wonderful discovery to the king. So him and the little woodworm get on a horse and travel to see the king while singing a song, like a god-awful, just completely horrible, terrible song. Oh, like 10 minutes into this and we've already gotten two like terrible songs. I'm in for a long one, aren't I? I thought like, ah, oh, it's just going to be a cheesy little kids movie animated and I forgot that animated kids' movies often have songs. And this, this song is just bad. But they finally reach the king, and there's a long line of people who want to show stuff to the king, including Leonardo da Vinci, which I don't know if time frame-wise, like, were him and Columbus, like, around the same time? I could look that up, but I'm not going to, because screw it. And, you know, he's telling him about this flying machine, so the king's like, yeah, go ahead and prove it, and just kicks Leonardo off the balcony. <laughs> and Leonardo is trying, but the flying machine just isn't ready, and he falls and dies. No, he doesn't die, because this is a kid's movie, but he falls into the trees, and that scares all the other people in line, like, oh no, the king's gonna kill us as well. Except for Columbus, who... Also tried to run away, but just wasn't quick enough, and the king grabs him. Or the king's man grabs him and pulls him in to see the king. Columbus has a giant nose. Like, really, like, just a huge honker. So much so that I want to say it's racist. Except, I don't know, like, is there, like, a racist stereotype about Italians having big noses? I don't think there is. But he has got, like, just super exaggerated nose but he goes to talk to the king and tries to tell him about his theory and well i there's this commercial it's freaking me out i think it's about cheese or something okay now that i've got my head back in the game after that uh like weird bizarre cheese commercial <laughs> i'm not even gonna try to explain it because i'm pretty sure it's going to give me nightmares tonight so columbus is trying his best to explain his theory that you know the world is round so you can 
get to India the other way. You don't have to go through all the Turks who don't like the Spaniards. So, but the king, who's super short, like Danny DeVito size, you know, and his evil, like, wizard henchman. I don't know. I don't know if he's a wizard, but he looks like, you know, every king has to have, like, their evil, like, sidekick, and they're usually wizards for some reason. So I'm going to say he's a wizard until he proves me wrong. But they don't like Columbus, and they don't like this idea, so they're going to kick him out on his ass but then the queen shows up because you know all this noise has just woken her up and she's the real ruler because now the king's all like super scared which i don't blame him because you know he's about the size of one of her boobs um yeah she is just like ah she's really not that big it's more the king is like so minuscule (laughs) and columbus falls in love because she is so beautiful and she falls in love with him. Well, not really, like, in love. More, like, you know, infatuated with each other. And she likes this idea of him going to India by boat. So she gives him one of her earrings to sell to buy a boat, I guess. <laughs> and she's going to finance his trip. King's not happy about this because he thinks that Columbus is going to fall off the edge. Because he's got his, like, really shitty globe that... Still isn't very round. It's more cubed than round because they didn't do a very good job, Mr. Woodworm. But I don't even really know how they convinced the king that, no, the ship's not going to fall the, off the edge of the world. Now it's dinner time and Columbus and the queen are, queen are flirting like ridiculous little teenagers. And I think she goes down on him. Oh, of course, this is this is a cartoon, so she's not actually doing that. But her head just kind of like goes underneath the table and she disappears. So I don't know what's going on there. So even weirder because the king is like on the other side of the table. This is one of those super long like king tables, which I don't know. I think those were just, you know, to show off, right? That like, hey, we have long tables. We're rich. But he's really mad, and he tells Columbus that it's time for him to leave, and if he doesn't come back with gold, he's dead. Which, she's going to fall off the edge of the world anyhow, right? So, empty threat. Now, Woodworm, who's completely completely disgusted by all the PDA from the Queen and Columbus, goes off to travel on his own, and he sees a tower. And there's a light up in the tower, so he goes up to investigate, like, hey, what's going on here? And he sees a spider web and thinks, hey, it's a trampoline. Because he must not be very, like, wise or experienced to not recognize a spider web that, you know, you try to jump on, you're going to stick to, and the spider will eat you. Luckily, the spider web falls apart because it's a really shittily built spider web, I guess. And he falls into the chandelier where there's a sprite or a firefly or a light fly or something. This girl with wings and she's shining bright lights. And she tells him the story of how her kingdom, some magical land that's just full of light. And it was invaded by a swarm of bugs that they were like a swarm. Like, there's a character in Marvel Comics. 
and I think his name is Swarm, and he's, like, pretty much just, like, this group of, like, bugs that come together to form into, like, one supervillain. And that's kind of what's this guy. And he kidnaps her and has imprisoned her. And she's too scared to try to leave, because outside of the chandelier, it's dark. But Woodworm's like, oh, I'll come and take you. So, I don't know, this is a very, like, just kind of bizarre turn, which I guess, like, the story of Columbus wasn't enough to <laughs> be stretched out to an hour and a half. Um, well, I'm thankful that, you know, they haven't started throwing in more songs to stretch this out. <laughs> but it's kind of bizarre. Like, now we got, like, a little side quest of Woodworm having to save this little light pixie fairy. She's a manic, manic pixie girl before there were manic pixie girls. Unfortunately, there are guards who are watching over Princess Firefly, and they see Woodworm trying to escape with her, so they call the Swarm, and the Swarm Master comes, and he's like, uh-uh, you can't run away with her, she's my prisoner, and he grabs her, and they go flying off across the ocean, and Woodworm's like, I'll save you, so... I mean, I guess it's a good thing that, you know, Columbus is gonna, you know, go travel the seven seas and travel the ocean blue because it's 1492. God, what? That rhyme is gonna forever be in my head. Fucking school indoctrinating me with Columbus facts. So, so it's a good thing because, you know, I mean, how else is Woodworm gonna go? Of course, you know, there's a large ocean that you can easily get lost. So, and he's not going right away after them. So, the odds of him being able to track down the swarm and find her, I think are pretty slim. Just saying. Now, Columbus is getting ready to sail off with his three ships. If you don't remember, the Santa, the Nina, wait, oh my god, I don't even remember. The Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria. And I was about to go into some Rage Against the Machine lyrics, but I can't remember them. So, yeah, you can look them up and, you know, find out what I was going to say. But anyways, he's getting his ships ready. The little woodworm, he's not around, he's still in the tower. Because he fell asleep right where he was when they kidnapped princess firefly so i guess he didn't even bother attempting to chase after her at that moment or trying to go find columbus he just fell asleep so he's like oh shit now i gotta get to the ships but he's so far away can i make it in time so he runs and there are some bees and he's like oh hey bees and he grabs a flower and uses that as a parachute to get to the ground and he's running and he's running and he falls into the sewers and there's some rats and they're going to eat him because he's just a tiny little woodworm and they're big giant rats. But he tells them like, no, I got to get to the ship. If you help me out, there's food on the ship. Which I assume, you know, has got to be true. Like, they are going to feed their people, right? Columbus wasn't that much of an asshole. Um, and I mean, in this film, he's not an asshole at all. He's just an idiot who thinks he's a genius. So the rats are like, Food? Oh, well, fuck yeah. Bye-bye, little woodworm. And they run off, and they make it to the ships in time. But will woodworm make it? Thanks to Seagull, 
the woodworm manages to get to the ship in time, but he's stopped by the rats, who are very upset because not only have they not found any food on the ship, they overheard sailors talking about how they're going to sail off the edge of the world. Oh, no. Frightening stuff. The rats don't want to do that, so they're about to you know, jump off like rats off a sinking ship. Except they're rats off of a ship headed for the edge of the world, I guess. But Woodworm, you know, he explains to them, like, oh, you know, Columbus, he's not crazy. And then when we get there, it's going to be the land of cheese. Which is enough for <laughs> the rats are like, oh, well, that changes things. You know, we're suddenly not going to believe that we're going to sail off the edge of the world because... You know, maybe we might, but there's cheese. So we're going to take a chance. Now, Columbus is all happy and excited to see his friend, the woodworm, because, you know, he's the only one that doesn't think he's crazy. And Columbus doesn't really help his case any because, you know, he's talking to a woodworm. And that makes all the rest of the crew think, wow, what a fucking whack job. We are going to fucking sail off the edge of the earth. And there's nothing we can do because it's too late. All we can do is probably jump off and try to swim back to shore. But we're too far away. And Columbus himself is apparently gets seasick. What kind of fucking, like, has he ever even, like, sailed a ship before? <laughs> like, he's like, oh, I'm seasick. I'm just going to lay down and dream about the queen. So while Columbus is sleeping, the other sailors decide, you know, because it's finally dawning on them. Hey, wait a minute. If we fall off the edge of the earth, we are going to fucking die. And we don't want that. So they decide there's only one course of action. Mutiny. I'm, I'm always for a good mutiny. Not enough mutinies go on these days, I don't think. You know, like cruise ships. Just why not do some fucking mutinies on cruise ships? But... The woodworm, he overhears this, and he's like, oh no, I gotta go, like, warn Columbus. This is bad, but the rats try to stop him, because they're on the sides of the sailors. And, again, I don't blame them. I wouldn't want to fucking sail off the edge of the earth, because it's death. You know, I, I'm i on the side of the sailors, too, here. I, <laughs> I run this ship, I'd be like, yeah, let's fucking mutiny this guy up and sail back home. <laughs> Which, do they know their way back home? Their compass? I don't know. I know nothing about sailing, especially back in the old days. So, but, the woodworm, he manages to throw off the rats by claiming that there's cheese somewhere else. Which, at this point, like, man, the rats are stupid, because at this point they gotta know there's not cheese on this ship. Although there's got to be food, right? Because they're fucking sailing. Like, the sailors have to eat at some point, right? Even if they just catch fish along the way, there's fish. Well, maybe the rats don't like fish. I don't know. But the mutiny is about to happen when Columbus wins over the other sailors by a song and dance number. My God, the end of this movie cannot come soon enough. <laughs> it's just... So many fucking horrible songs. And this one somehow wins over the sailors to not mutiny anymore. Because it sings about how great the sailing is and living on the seas. 
And I shit you not. So the chorus is about like, you know, how the sailing life is for him. Because it's so wonderful. And the verses, with complete fucking psychedelic nightmarish visuals, talk about Romans and I forget the other ones. I think they were Vikings sailing to their death. And this makes the sailors go, you know what? This is a good life for us. You know, (laughs) Vikings gotten eaten by a giant serpent and Romans drowned. This is the life I want. No more mutiny. Or maybe just after that song, it's like, you know, sailing off the edge of the earth doesn't seem so bad anymore. It's bedtime, and Woodworm is having a dream where he's with his pixie princess firefly girl, and they're being cute and in love and flirting and yuck. Just yuck is what I gotta say about that. Now, it's a very cloudy night, so they can't see too well, and they're coming up, and they think they see land. Oh my god, it's land. Columbus was right. It's not the edge of the world. There is land. And as they get closer, and... Oh, it's not land. It's another ship. Full of skeletons. Oops, looks like some other ship was trying to sail around the world and died before they could hit land. Oopsie! But their skeletons are just perfectly, like, preserved in, like, the spot where you could see them trying to still steer the ship. And shouldn't the ship still be moving? Because it's a sail ship. You know, they got sails, so the wind should... The wind and the currents should still be moving this ship. Should not just be, like, stuck in the middle of the water. With skeletons just still, like, at the, uh, steering wheel. But, you know, they see these dead skeletons and, well, mutiny sounds like a good idea again. So they go to hang Columbus, who's only in his underwear, because that's how you should sleep. You should not sleep in pajamas. You should sleep in your underwear. Really, you should sleep in the nude, the way God intended. But they're about to hang him when, oh, hey, they did hit land. They found it. Columbus was right. Yay! They hit land, and Columbus claims the land in the name of what's-her-name. No, seriously. (laughs) Like, he couldn't remember the queen's name, so he claimed it in the name of what's-her-name. Conveniently, on this island is the pixie princess firefly girl, being captive by the swarm dude. And it's morning time, and a beaver comes up, and he's all upset because the ship has landed on his home. Like, oh no! Dude, what the fuck? And Woodworm's there, and he, like, tells him about, you know, how he has to save the pixie princess. And the beaver's like, oh yeah, no, I'm totally down with that because it's fucking swarm dude. Dude, he's fucking things up. Let's take him out. And the rats are like, hey, let's join. Although two of them. I swear there was three rats, now there's only two. Did the third rat die? Oh my god, this is fucking dark. The third rat is dead. 
I mean, I guess I could check back and rewind to see if there were three rats or only two. But I'm pretty sure there was three, and I don't feel like watching any more of this film than I have to. So, one of the rats is dead. And then Columbus, he's joining in on the adventure too, because he wants to find gold. You know what? I'm not even sure what I'm watching at this point. They go through the jungle, and there's a brief appearance by some very scary-looking Native Americans that just completely scares Columbus, and he goes running off, and they make it to the temple because Columbus knocks over a tree, and the pixie princess is all excited because Woodworm's there to save her, but the swarm guy is like, I'll stop him, and he swarms around her, and they're trying to... I guess stop them and I there's some gold within the swarm or something that looks like gold it actually kind of looks more like honey but Columbus thinks it's gold and he's trying to get his hand through the swarm to grab it and I I don't know I'm tempted to just stop at this point you I mean you guys wouldn't mind because you've already stopped listening to this like 20 minutes ago but no I will soldier through these last final 10 minutes of this film for the two people who have decided to listen all the way to the end of my podcast. So, I don't know. There's some fire. The beaver knocks down a tree using his beaver skills of eating wood or whatever beavers do to knock down trees. And did I mention there's fire? And I don't know, at some point, somehow, the swarm's defeated, and they fall out of this temple into the water, and they think the pixie princess is dead, but then the sun comes up and revives her, and like, woohoo, everyone's happy, and Columbus has this big gold medallion thing that he took from the temple that I would think weighs like 100 pounds, and this scrawny little Columbus dude is carrying it, but whatever, and then all these Native Americans pop out, and they're mad that Columbus has taken the gold. But they're happy that they defeated the swarm dude, and so they're going to let him take the gold, and Columbus is all happy, and they all load up on the ship, and I still only see two rats. I swear there was three fucking rats. What happened to the other rat? I am, I am sad over what the fate of that rat might have been. And they sail off and they're happy because they proved that the world is round. And Columbus is thinking, who knows, one day they're going to name something after me. And as they're sailing off, we get time lapse of it's the future. And where they landed was New York City. I'm pretty sure that's not true. I'm pretty sure he landed in the Caribbean's and Indies, and then landed in Florida. And then plus, there is no Columbus, New York. Shouldn't he have landed in Ohio? Ohio was the state that decided, hey, let's name a city after Columbus. There's no Columbus, New York. So, you know, fucking ungrateful assholes in New York. You know, Columbus came and saved them from the Swarm Master. So... And that's the end of the film. And I I don't think I'll get over the death of the rat. I just, that's so tragic. 
They should have named the city after the rat that died. And I don't know. I mean, I understand it's just a cartoon, but they couldn't work in the fact of, you know, he brought smallpox and completely decimated the Native Americans. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't even, like, go and show him naming the Native Americans Indians. I can understand if this film were made nowadays, you know, okay, let's be a little politically correct. But this was 1992, which actually was the height of political correctness. But even then, you know, there were still arguments over Indians or Native Americans. And I think there was still a large portion of people who were saying Indians. So I'm surprised. Um, yeah, I don't think this film was very historical accurate, so... If you have to do a report on Columbus in school, uh, do not go with this film as the basis of your whatever. Speaking of which, I once did a book report on some book about Columbus because I don't even remember what the fuck the <laughs> assignment was because it was so, like, the book, I was just way off because I think they wanted, like, Lord of the Flies and books of that type, and I couldn't find them at the library, so I took out this book on Columbus and wrote a book report, and my English teacher was upset, not just because I took a book that was way off the subject he wanted us to write about, I fucking insulted English teachers all throughout, like, ah, yeah, this is as boring as an English teacher's presentation. Not the smartest move when writing a book report. Let's keep that in mind, kids. That This was the... What was this film? The Magic Voyage of Columbus. So, fuck you, Columbus. Another reason to hate Christopher Columbus is this fucking film. So, leave a comment if you're watching on YouTube. Or, I don't know if other places that host this podcast have comment sections. If so, I would advise not to because obviously I don't know that they have comment sections. So I'll never see it. But uh, if you're on YouTube, leave a comment section. Click like and subscribe and all the other stuff that people tell you to do. But really, you know what? I don't care if you do or not. I hope you subscribe to my channel, but I am not going to browbeat you over it. If not, if you're listening to this in podcast form on a podcast site, email me, velvetowl at hotmail.com. Uh, if you want me to cover any movie that you would rather not watch, I will watch a movie so you don't have to. Till next time. Yeah. Until next time. And I want to thank the Living Brain Dead for providing the official official theme song for Velvet Owl watches movies so you don't have to. It's called Never Fuck With Cat Girls and you can get it at livingbraindead.com which you should totally do. They are not paying me for this so I shill them out of my love for the music.